embark with me on this mystical, musical ride past the borders into something known as Preform. Along the way, music from those you know and those you will know. Signing on for its 23rd year exclusively on the internet, I'm Dan Herman. This is Radio Crystal Blue. And told a joke about the founding fathers they all thought was rude. After me, two ladies wave vaginas dancing round the room. That's how it rolls in New York. I did a gig in New York. I had a funny feeling I'd support someone quite like them before. But anyway, we finished up our beers and headed for the door, and that was that. Next day got up to go and watch the Macy's Day Parade As Charlie Brown pursued that football all the way down 34th I thought, hang on, I'm in New York And I did a gig in New York Okay, it didn't work out like I thought it would It's a story I will tell a million times And not get bored about the gig I did in New Babette said to me in bed one night, 
Isn't it great having all these kids around? There'll be one more soon. Who? B is coming in a couple of days. Good. Who else can we get? The next day, Denise decided to confront her mother directly about the medication she was or was not taking, hoping to trick Babette into a confession, an admission or some minimal kind of flustered response. This was not a tactic the girl and I had discussed, but I couldn't help admiring the boldness of her timing. All six of us were jammed into the car on our way to the mid-village mall, and Denise simply waited for a natural break in the conversation, directing her question toward the back of Babette's head and a voice strained of inference. What do you know about Diller? Is that the black girl who's staying with the Stovers? That's Dakar, Steffi said. Dakar isn't her name, it's where she's from, Denise said. It's a country on the Ivory Coast of Africa. The capital is Lagos, Babette said. I know that because of a surfer movie I saw once where they travel over the world. The Perfect Wave, Heinrich said. I saw it on TV. But what's the girl's name, Steffi said. I don't know, Babette said. But the movie wasn't called The Perfect Wave. The Perfect Wave is what they were looking for. They go to Hawaii, Denise told Steffi, and wait for these tidal waves to come from Japan. They're called origamis. And the movie was called The Long Hot Summer, her mother said. The Long Hot Summer, Heinrich said, happens to be a play by Tennessee Ernie Williams. It doesn't matter, Babette said, because he can't copyright titles anyway. If she's an African, Steffi said, I wonder if she ever rode a camel. Try an Audi Turbo. Try a Toyota Supra. What is a camel store in their humps, Babette said. Food or water? I could never get that straight. There are one-hump camels and two-hump camels, Heinrich told her. So it depends which kind you're talking about. Are you telling me a two-hump camel stores food in one hump and water in the other? The important thing about camels, he said, is that camel meat is considered a delicacy. I thought that was alligator meat, Denise said. Who introduced the camel to America? Babette said. They had him out west for a while to carry supplies to coolies who were building the great railroads that met at Ogden, Utah. I remember my history exams. Are you sure you're not talking about llamas? Heinrich said. The llama stayed in Peru, Denise said. Peru has the llama, the vicuña, and one other animal. Bolivia has tin. Chile has copper and iron. I'll give anyone in this car five dollars, Heinrich said, if they can name the population of Bolivia. Bolivians, my daughter said. The family is the cradle of the world's misinformation. There must be something in family life that generates factual error. Over-closeness, the noise and heat of being. Perhaps something even deeper, like the need to survive. Murray says we are fragile creatures, surrounded by a world of hostile facts. Facts threaten our happiness and security. The deeper we delve into the nature of things, the looser our structure may seem to become. The family process works towards sealing off the world. Small errors grow heads. Fictions proliferate. I tell Murray that ignorance and confusion can't possibly be the driving forces behind family solidarity. What an idea. What a subversion. He asks me why the strongest family units exist in the least developed societies. Not to know is a weapon of survival, he says. 
magic and superstition become entrenched as the powerful orthodoxy of the clan. The family is strongest where objective reality is most likely to be misinterpreted. What a heartless theory, I say. But Murray insists it's true. In a huge hardware store at the mall, I saw Eric Massengill, a former microchip sales engineer who changed his life by coming out here to join the teaching staff of the computer center at the Hill. He was slim and pale with a dangerous grin. You're not wearing dark glasses, Jack. I only wear them on campus. Eh, I get it. We went our separate ways into the store's deep interior. A great echoing din, as of the extinction of a species of beast, filled, filled a vast space. People bought 22-foot ladders, six kinds of sandpaper, power saws that could fill trees. The aisles were long and bright, filled with oversized brooms, massive sacks of peat and dung, huge rubber-made garbage cans. Rope hung like tropical fruits, beautifully braided strands, thick, brown, strong. What a great thing a quill of rope is to look at and feel. I bought 50 feet of manila hemp just to have it around. Show it to my son. Talk about where it comes from, how it's made. People spoke, spoke English, Hindi, Vietnamese, related tongues. I ran to Massengill again at the cash terminals. I've never seen you off campus, Jack. You look different without your glasses and gown. Where'd you get that sweater? Is that a Turkish Army sweater? Mail order, right? He looked me over. He felt the material of the water-repellent jacket I was carrying draped across my arm. Then he backed up, altering his perspective, nodding a little, his grin beginning to take on a self-satisfied look, reflecting some inner calculation. I think I know those shoes, he said. What do you mean he knew those shoes? You're a different person altogether. Different in what way, Eric? You won't take offense, he said, the grin turning lascivious, rich with secret meaning. Of course not. Why would I? Promise you won't take offense. I won't take offense. You look so harmless, Jack. A big, harmless, aging, indistinct sort of guy. Why would I take offense, I said, paying for my rope and hurrying out the door. The encounter put me in the mood to shop. I found the others, and we walked across two parking lots to the main structure in the mid-village mall. A ten-story building arranged around a center court of waterfalls, promenades, and gardens. Babette and the kids followed me into the elevator, into the shops set along the tiers, through the emporiums and department stores, puzzled, but excited by my desire to buy. When I could not decide between two shirts, they encouraged me to buy both. When I said I was hungry, they fed me pretzels, beer, souvlaki. The two girls scouted ahead, spotting things they thought I might want or need, running back to get me, to clutch my arms, plead with me to follow. They were my guides to endless well-being. People swarmed to the boutiques and gourmet shops. Organ music rose from the great court. We smelled chocolate, popcorn, cologne. We smelled rugs and furs, hanging salamis and deathly vinyl. My family gloried in the event. I was one of them, shopping, at last. They gave me advice, battered clerks on my behalf. 
I kept seeing myself unexpectedly in some reflecting surface. We moved from store to store, rejecting not only items in certain departments, not only entire departments, but whole stores. Mammoth corporations that did not strike our fancy for one reason or another. There was always another store. Three floors. Eight floors. Basement full of cheese graters and paring knives. I shopped with reckless abandon. I shopped for immediate needs and distant contingencies. I shopped for its own sake, looking and touching, inspecting merchandise I had no intention of buying, then buying it. I sent clerks into their fabric books and pattern books to search for elusive designs. I began to grow in value and self-regard. I filled myself out, found new aspects of myself, located a person I'd forgotten existed. Brightness settled around me. We crossed from furniture to menswear, walking through cosmetics. Our images appeared on mirrored columns, in glassware and chrome, on TV monitors and security rooms. I traded money for goods. The more money I spent, the less important it seemed. I was bigger than these sums. These sums poured off my skin like so much rain. These sums, in fact, came back to me in the form of existential credit. I felt expansive, inclined to be sweepingly generous. I told the kids to pick out their Christmas gifts here and now. I gestured in what I felt was an expansive manner. I could tell they were impressed. They fanned out across the area, each of them subtly inclined to be private, shadowy, even secretive. Periodically, one of them would return to register the name of an item with Babette, careful not to let the others know what it was. I myself was not to be bothered with tedious details. I was the benefactor, the one who dispenses gifts, bonuses, bribes, bakshish. The children knew it was the nature of such things that I could not be expected to engage in technical discussions about the gifts themselves. We ate another meal. A band played live music. Voices rose ten stories from the guards and promenades, a roar that echoed and swirled through the vast gallery, mixing with noises from the tiers, with shuffling feet and chiming bells, the hum of escalators, the sound of people eating, the human buzz of some vivid and happy transaction. We drove home in silence. We went to our respective rooms, wishing to be alone. A little later, I watched Steffi in front of the TV set. She moved her lips, attempting to match the words as they were spoken.
Anybody want to say Grace or anything? Leo's a good writer, apparently. Come on, get up there. Let me go. I'll do it for us. Let me get it done. Okay, so first let's give thanks to our families not being here. Always easier. Always easier without the family. It's funny, I see you guys and you are you are just so much younger than me. And I had no idea I was the old guy until I looked at you guys. Uh, it was like when I was growing up. I had a big nose. I had no idea until I went to the Gap and saw a three-way mirror, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I didn't know I had that thing. Yeah, no, it's a, um, it's good to be young. Kind of sucks being old. So just enjoy this. Enjoy time. Time slips away, I promise you. I had a dinner like this 20 years ago. 
with guys that we just like lost touch with each other. I never talk to them anymore. Some of them are dead. So, uh, yeah, you know, things slip away. Uh, if you love somebody, don't let them slip away. I swear to you, this will be your most memorable Thanksgiving, the one that you'll want the rest of your life, the one that you say, man, it was never as good as that night. So let this night be great. Enjoy the taste of Leo's ball. <laughs> Rock and roll. As so my customary, I like sharing with you the uh, thoughts of uh, Thanksgiving and song, and also in a little bit of verse as well, which is a bit of a new wrinkle here. I, uh, of course, just aired for you the uh, Thanksgiving theme from Charlie Brown Thanksgiving soundtrack, of course, performed by the Vince Guaraldi Trio. And that bit there from that movie you might recognize the voice of Adam Sandler in his uh, Thanksgiving uh, dinner toast from the movie Funny People that's a movie from 2009 written and directed by Judd Apatow with uh, Adam Sandler Seth Rogen great cast behind them too Leslie Mann Eric Bana Jonah Hill and Jason Schwartzman. It's about a famous comedian who is diagnosed with a terminal disease and he tries to fix the relationships in his life while befriending an aspiring comedian. It was loosely based on Judd's own experiences as a struggling performer. He didn't really have an interesting idea initially, but 
since most of his mentors were kind to him, he thought of making a film about a mentor facing a life crisis instead and decided to cast Adam Sandler, who was a former roommate of his, after seeing him in Rain Over Me. And the discussion about making the film was about two years prior to actual production. Good movie, which uh, I do recommend, and that's again that uh, toast that Adam does there, which is rather uh, poignant. Lara Herskovich, well, we know this song. This is uh, Tequila Over Turkey with that lovely double meaning. Actually, would rather have tequila instead of turkey or maybe pouring tequila over turkey to make it, uh, you know, as a base. I don't know. I've always wondered about that. That album there is a very special album. Lara's, I think, technically her second or third album in her long history. And I think that album is actually long out of print because the albums that she um, mentions on her website start off with 2006 and so forth. But we're going back to 2001, 2002, I think, by the time when that album was released and I had uh, so happy to get music from uh, folks from the uh, Hudson Valley and Lara herself from Connecticut. I don't remember how exactly I got that album, whether it was with one of the uh, uh, notable promoters I had been uh, associated with who would regularly send me material, or if it was through her bassist, uh, Scott Petito, as I've been a bit of a fan of his, and I know he's continued to churn out work even to the present day. Nevertheless, a good album, and that one, that song has stuck with me. MJ Hibbett. I did a gig in New York. One of the songs from a fantastic concept album called A Million Ukuleles. A good album with... Uh, very lo-fi approach and lo-fi in the actual uh, making of the uh, CDs and the um, the uh, well the whole packaging really and there's even guides on how to play the ukulele with uh, chords and the whole thing as for the piece I had recited for you between MJ and also Lara was part of a book an early work but a pivotal work by the great Don DeLillo, who uh, I think a number of people recognize for the fantastic novel Underworld. This was um, a book called White Noise, his eighth novel, which was published back in 1985. It's a great example of what we call postmodern literature. This is the novel that brought him a, a much larger audience and earlier this year, it was adapted into a film of the same name by director Noam Baumbach. The book explores several themes that emerged during the mid to late 20th century, like uh, rampant com uh, consumerism, uh, the involvement of uh, media, and underground conspiracies, disintegration of the family, human-made disasters, and much more. There's a lot of tones and styles and voices which all together 
bring about the wild humor and the essential tone of contemporary America. In 1993, Don DeLillo states that there is a, cons- a consumer die mentality in America, which is reflected in the novel. Characters in the novel try to avoid death through shopping. And that's where we come into this uh, piece that I had uh, recited for you, which I think is chapter 17 of this book. The rights to the film, the novel, were acquired by HBO and then by James L. Brooks's Gracie Films, and then in 1999 by Barry Sonnenfeld, who, uh, who was set to direct that, but the option lapsed. Six years ago, Uri Singer acquired the rights and published the pro- uh, pushed the project into development, and then last year, Noah Baumbach would write and direct the adaption for Netflix, starring Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. The, the premise of the whole movie is that Jack Gladney is the professor of Hitler studies at the College on the Hill and is husband to Babette and father to four kids. It's torn asunder by the airborne toxic event, a cataclysmic train accident that, caused, that casts chemical waste over his town. Also in the movie is uh, Don Cheadle, Rafi Cassidy, Andre Benjamin, Alessandro Nivola, and uh, other folks. And it's um, something, well, I don't have Netflix, so I probably won't be able to see the movie. But I'm now rather curious about uh, how this all plays out. And I found the book White Noise on the Internet Archive at archive.org. Hold that thought for a second. As... I see here, reading further, that White Noise has world premiere at the Venice International Film Festival in August and also as the opening film for this year's New York Film Festival on September 30th and last month was part of the Philadelphia Film Festival just in October. It is being theatrically released here in the States by Netflix on November 25th before its streaming release on December the 30th. So far, some very good reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 80% based on 65 reviews, average rating of 7.4 out of 10. Metacritic seeing 68 out of 100. So, uh, yeah, that one put an asterisk on. That's uh, one to look for. My name is Dan Herman. This is Radio Crystal Blue. It is the middle of November 2022 as we, well, we don't get into Thanksgiving so much on this program except for the opening, but mainly music from indie songwriters and bands, sometimes getting into the underground as well as some established artists, both touring worldwide, maybe their local place, and definitely making a splash on the internet. Through the show, I'll give you some news about what they're up to, and we'll have some fun along the way. I wanted to tell you about uh, a concert I attended last week at the Rusty Nail in Ardmore, nearby me here in Pennsylvania. And before I get to those particulars, how about these particulars first? What I have here is this uh, podcast where 
It runs about four hours and change in length just about every time out without planning it out. It just it just seems to be that way. And the shows are available in your favorite podcast platform or a smart device available through uh, the big boys like Amazon, Anchor, Spotify, and some other ones as well. There's a whole list of them at the landing page at radiocrystalblue.net. Also, you can access the show through two other places where you can actually hear the original version of the show, which was the whole four or five hour length in one sitting, if you wish. And those two websites are the aforementioned Internet Archive at archive.org. You can also go to mixcloud.com for the same uh, detail. Everywhere else, the show is broken up into two parts, though I don't record in two parts. It's simply the way that the uh, structure goes. I can't do more than three hours of audio in one sitting uh, per the RSS rules, but that's okay. You get to hear the whole show. And along with that in the uh, feed is RCB Novus Ordo, which always promotes new releases as they give you more biographical information about an artist and a song from each release. Email is dan at radiocrystalblue.net. Twitter is Radio CBLUE. Facebook is under my name and the show title. Instagram is danherman456. Very happy to give you some uh, music here for this program and want to give you some program notes before we go any further. The next show you hear, not necessarily within the feed, but the next show I uh, produce after this one should be out around November the uh, 28th. And my plan is to do the final RCB Novus Ordo show for the year uh, in tandem for that one. After which, somewhere before December 10th, I will have for you the last show of the year, last main show proper, which will be a true holiday edition. And I know, Christmas, yeah. But there's also, in general, December, winter, the uh, end of the year, the whole thing. That's um, all to be celebrated at once, and I am happy to uh, bring it out to all of you. I have some traditions in terms of music I air every year in a very loose rotation, and I try to do something different every year with all of that. And hopefully you uh, approve. I am... Looking forward to sharing that with you and also reminding you about the end of year stuff because I like to do my top 100 for the year and I provide a countdown here on Twitter. Not a live countdown, but a simply a tweet for every single artist on the list going from 100 to 1 and I always make a call announcing the winner uh, basically to the artists themselves or their representatives. So that's always fun. The list of the uh, artists that are ranked are on my chart page on the website. And I'll tear that down soon and put up the uh, new one for the end of the year. So that's part of my December, putting the uh, different charts together along with the uh, top albums of the year, 
Tabi Peas, which for my definition is anything less than seven songs per release, and Best New Artist, and a few other ones I can't remember right now. But that's all out there, and I hope that you uh, join me on Twitter for that experience. It should be just after uh, Christmas that I'll have that uh, information out to all of you. Let's see, what else am I forgetting to tell you about? Uh, I do shows typically about three times a month, usually every 10 to 11 days. But these are definitely in stone, including the one you're hearing right now. Should be out around November the 18th. So we have the 28th, roughly the 10th of December after that. And that is it. Then in the next year, January, probably aiming for January 10th or so for the uh, next new shows. While we wait all those things, yes, I am accepting holiday music for that final show and, of course, music in general for the main show and Novus Ordo. Later on, I'll give you some basic details on how to submit music for those shows. Let's get right into it. Uh, oh, not before I tell you about The Nail in uh, Ardmore. I had a good experience over there. I had known about The uh, Nail for some time. And there is a, a website, which is thenailandthenumber1.com. It's run by... A guy named Chris who calls himself Big Daddy and took over the nail, I believe if I'm reading correctly, in 1997. The place had been existent as a bar since the 1940s. And Chris displays an enormous amount of uh, control, but also an amount of um, connection with uh, all of the artists and all the uh, staff and such. And it's inspiring to see. He does very good by them and always strives for a good show and puts in a ton of hours, as he should, in making uh, everything work. There's an ongoing uh, blog about the day-to-day experiences the owner has. And the bands, uh, they they run the gamut in terms of uh, uh, genres there. I was there the other week and I saw five bands and I have to look it up here to see, uh, remember the names of everybody. Well, there was some straight up uh, uh, pop rock. There was uh, a little bit of hard rock and some uh, closing band, Johnny in the Water, was uh, reminding me of some Velvet Underground, latent psychedelia kind of vibe. Very enjoyable. I do have photos from the entire showcase of Five Bands Worth, and uh, they're all in my Facebook page under my name, Dan Herman, and uh, it's really nice. I like having uh, all that together. I think most of the photos came out pretty well, doing a little bit of uh, editing. Nothing fancy, just some normal uh, touch-ups for... Uh, saturation and um, contrast and such, but um, generally pretty good. This camera has served me very well, this uh, Minolta. So what I have here for you, well, with all those photos, I also have, uh, let's see, a video of one song from uh, that closing band, uh, Johnny in 
the water. And who else was on the schedule that day? Let me see. It was Violet Honey that opened. There was the Lucky Break. Also Mag Electric from New York. Also Spiders of HBG, which stands for Harrisburg. And also very fun, enjoyable band. That uh, broke the fourth wall a little bit. And knows how to fun on stage and isn't afraid to uh, take some chances. That's rock and roll. That's why I go to a place like the uh, the Nail and uh, go to places that are like dive bars and places that are uh, open to the underground. There's always going to be an underground, regardless. Let's see what I've got here on this uh, first of several segments I have on this program. We'll actually start off with a songwriter who is... Um, New to our ears, uh, she is just releasing this uh, 10-track album called If I Were Honest. Uh, she's got a dynamic voice and is championed about her, uh, her uh, lyrical delivery as um, well as the, uh, the subject matter. It was recorded... And Sound Emporium with Mary Brack producing. And looks like she has some shows uh, coming up. I want to say these are in Texas based on what I'm reading here as the places. Her name is Angie Geki. This is called Whiskey in a Teacup. Sure. 
never thought I'd see you in the light of a warm and brilliant sun. Joyful dance just begun
Lights change like the night sky Happiness to sorrow What were you thinking? 
You want to know better by now? Fresh air on a motel balcony in Memphis, Tennessee. What are you thinking? When you're in your right mind, who takes a vacation to Poland, September 1939? What are you thinking?
That's Terry Hendricks. Something else from her Pilgrim's Progress Project 5.5 album. It's called Faded Love. TerryHendricks.com is T E R R I H E N D R I X. And she continues to work with uh, OYOU, which is Own Your Own Universe. And. Helps to host uh, a series of uh, instructor events, instructoral events, rather. And among the uh, shows that are here, which all take place at Willery Farm in Martindale, Texas, as for Terry's own events, there is a live from Willery Farm event, which is for her Patreon supporters. That'll be on Tuesday, November the 22nd. And after that, let's see what all she has here. As for shows that she has for her music. She performs along with uh, frequent partner Lloyd Maines. Concert somewhere in New Braunfels in Texas. Looks like it's at a... Uh, uh, where is this? Guessing it's a house concert somewhere there. Also, December 7th, uh, she's hosting a uh, country blues finger picking uh, class. And. Let's see what else she has. There's a ton of things. There's a um, class for jamming on harmonica and more. There's the uh, Snowbird Concert Series. Let's see. What else is here? Meditation for beginners. So much in here. I'll let you head to the website for a little more detail. TerryHendricks.com Peter Mulvey 
with sister strings. 500 Days is from their new release called Love is the Only Thing. Website is petermulvey.com, which is P-E-T-E-R-M-U-L-V-E-Y. Recently finished out his, or is about to finish out his uh, Lampladder sessions. Actually, no, they actually finished out in uh, the end of uh, October. These are acoustic sessions that he hosts with a few folks and friends for um, a week of shows at Club Passim every year in uh, Cambridge in uh, Massachusetts. Here's some uh, shows that are coming up for him, starting with November 18th. It says here a power outage party <laughs> back at Passim in Cambridge. November 19th, the Stone Soup Coffee House in Providence, Rhode Island. November 20th at the Word Barn in Exeter, New Hampshire. Uh, also a power outage party. <laughs> okay. December 7th, Lampladder Sessions at Anodyne in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. December 8th at the Gibson Music Hall along with Katie Dahl. That's in Appleton, Wisconsin. December 9th, he's at Cafe Carb in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. I believe this is uh, close to his uh, home uh, home state and his home base. December 10th, the Staunton Opera House in Staunton, Wisconsin. December 11th, back at Cafe Carp. And then 2023 with a few dates of his own. January 7th, Acoustic Renaissance Concert Series in Hinsdale, Illinois. January 13th, Second Friday Coffee House in Belmont, Massachusetts. January 14th at the Oswego Music Hall in Oswego Music uh, Oswego Music Hall. Oswego, New York. And a few shows with Anya DeFranco as she uh, headlines with Peter as special guest as uh, Ani is uh, ahead of uh, Peter's uh, the uh, label that Peter is on. January 24th at First Avenue in Minneapolis. January 25th at the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee. January 26th, the Embassy Theater in Fort Wayne, Indiana. January 27th at the City Opera House of Traverse City in Michigan. Vance Gilbert, Trust, from his album Good, Good Man. VanceGilbert.com for uh, lots more. Calendar here says November 14th was his last show of the month. So the next one is December 8th, which may be the last show of the year for him. That'll be at Cafe 9 in New Haven in Connecticut. And then he um, posted... Uh, a missive, as he does every so often for his blog and also for his email list, which I'm on. This regarding Veterans Day. And he says the following. So I'm walking down the street with $1,000 cash from an ATM because an institution I work for issued me an unmanageable bank pay card manned by apologetic online support crew, which is more that can be said for said institution's staff that profess the card as greener than check mailing, 
Even after I sent them a pic of the 13 by to 15 pieces of paper from the card issuer with my letter of discontent, following capping their note with how I was on my own for extracting my pay. I walked into my bank ready to tear off heads and worse. <laughs> he was in line in front of me, just done at the teller's window. I saw the veteran status hat. Vietnam. It's so automatic for me now. Regardless of color, age, sex, whether I get a snarly look or they look through me. I'm all hands stretched out and say, thank you for your service. This man was black and thanked me back. His hat further explained that he was Air Force. Were you a pilot? Well, no, I was a flight engineer. I, I wanted to be a pilot. That's how I came in, but, well, it's a long story. I bet it was. Some of the best people on the planet wash out in pilot training. Be with something else. He was on the Lockheed C-134 and the Boeing B-52H Stratofortress. He looked me up and down. My hat, sweatshirt, shirt, all had aircraft stuff on it. That's a duff, you truly know me. Are you a pilot? He beamed at me. No, sir, I replied. Just an amateur, aviation historian, and model builder. God, how many times have I said that? Wonderful, says he. I got out of aviation 45 years ago. Married my wife and became a minister. Bishop, actually. And my wife and I are so happy and retired that... The line for the teller had gotten longer by about four people. So I stepped out. I opened my fanny pack, pulled out my 1962 McDonald's aircraft recognition handbook. Yes, I always have it handy. And asked him to sign on page 390 for the B-52H. His mouth fell open. You want my autograph? Yes, sir. I can't read his name. I think it says Bishop Henry N. Dalton, a current man of God who formerly served on aeronautically seductive, deadly people-killing machine, shaking hands with me, both of us black with aviation hats on. And as he left the bank, I was instantly grinning at the back of that teller's line with my vulnerable, forgotten thousand dollars. My fourth autograph in that book, beaming at the complexity and wonder of connection. That from Vance Gilbert. More memories and stories and wonder at vancegilbert.com. Kevin Daniel, One Hand on the Bible. From his album, Been Here Before. Kevin with this fantastic album, which I regard one of the best from uh, 2021. Website is thekevindaniel.com. Playing with his band, he calls the bottom line at Nash in Greenville, North Carolina. That's on December 2nd. Then on December 16th, at Pitt Street Brewing Company in Greenville, North Carolina. December 17th, solo show at Appalachian Mountain Brewery in Boone, North Carolina. James Houlihan, another song from his new album, Beyond the Borders, still to be released. It's called Merge. JamesHoulihan.com. J-A-M-E-S-H-O-U-L-A-H-A-N. 
www.thepatriotmedia.com. The album release show is coming up very shortly after this show's publishing. It's uh, November the 19th, and it'll be his first show since January of 2020. Also a show at Bar Lubitsch was for October 25th. It was rescheduled. The new date is January the uh, 17th. Julia Mianta, the guest from her album Woman on the Moon. G-I-U-L-I-A-M-I-L-L-A-N-T-A dot com. She's a good follow. Uh, She is also active as a chef and inspired by the Italian food experience. And I wonder if you have heard of something called Dinner with Julia. It's a five-course Italian meal prepared from scratch in your kitchen by her, followed by a set of music performed by her and special guests. She started doing it a few years ago. And it's been very successful and certainly in high demand. She wants to keep it special and therefore decided that for next year, she will only do 12. Her uh, prices are going up and you can book an event, I believe through her website or if you're on her email list, you can do so uh, that way as well. Here are some of her upcoming shows. November 20th, Karen's House Concert Series somewhere in Austin. December 2nd at the New World Deli, also in Austin. January 21st, the Burling All House Concert Series in Houston. February 1st is the annual Focalance International Conference event in the headquarters in Kansas City in Missouri. Meg Williams, you're the only one Another great song from this album, Live and Learn. Meg Williams, music.com. The biggest news, the latest news is that she is a mom and the baby's name is Riley Sal Williams Bolin. And let's see what is happening here outside of that. November 20th, I think, is her first show back. She is playing Mojo's Boneyard Sports Bar and Grill in Evansville, Indiana. December 1st, Cottonmouth Southern Soul Food. That's uh, in Bradenton, Florida. December 3rd, at the Red Rock Taco Shack, also Bradenton. December 30th, Toonies music venue in McKeesville in Georgia. Lots more details at her website. Start off with Angie Geeky, Whiskey in a Teacup from her new album, If I Were Honest. A-N-G-I-E-G-O-E-K-E dot com. Upcoming show at Anderson Fair. I want to say that's in Austin. I know it's in Texas someplace. That's on December 8th. I know she has a radio gig on December 10th as well. That might be it for the year for her. Uh, Some more details about her are at her website. 
Dan Herman here on Radio Crystal Blue. It's November, mid-November of 2022. We're just getting into the uh, classic uh, fall weather right about now, and I love it. Though, of course, I'd rather be too warm than too cold. So, yeah, I do my best to bundle up and max out the electric bill. I really don't use much electricity during the year, but in the winter, I have no shame and racking up the watts and kilowatts and stuff. It's fine. <laughs> I've got layers, and this is actually going to be my my first year back in the East Coast in about seven years, eight years, really, experiencing true uh, four seasons and uh, getting into all the uh, extra layers upon layers of stuff and the uh, that market, Mark Jacobs code I'm looking at right now that I got when I was still in Texas and I absolutely positively had to have one before I made my trip uh, on the Amtrak to uh, cross the uh, country once more you believe it's already been close to about a year since that whole journey and uh, I'm still very thankful to be here in Philadelphia and exploring some of the uh, history and the um, everything else with the city that uh, the city brings. Oh, I've got to tell you, speaking of a great Philadelphia history, found interesting uh, Philly tie-in to um, some old recordings, and in particular, this news that came across my virtual desk, not to my email, but uh, something that was on uh, Twitter I was reading. Was it Twitter or was it YouTube? Maybe it was YouTube as I was going through the dozens of channels I subscribed to and looked for some new content. And then I came across this uh, exciting news. If you are at all a Graham Parsons fan, there is a um, new recording. Well, I should say new recording. Uh, newly unveiled recording of Graham from around... 1973, I think the uh, year that he had uh, passed. Here's the uh, full story. While in the process of a company called Amoeba moving its Hollywood store to a new location, a box was dis discovered labeled GP Archives. There was a lot of stuff in the box, but one stood out labeled GPFA Bijou. It was a soundboard recording of the next to last club date ever of Graham Parsons and the Fallen Angels recorded at the Bijou in Philly, 1409 Lombard Street, March of 1973. It's one of the best quality Graham recordings that has ever surfaced. A night with amazing energy put out by Graham, Emmy Lou Harris, and the band. Now, Amoeba Music is working with Graham's daughter, Polly Parsons, to release this long-lost concert. In order to share the recording to the world, they hope to raise funds for remastering, rights payments, cover arts, album printing, and distribution. They plan to release it for Record Store Day Black Friday, November of next year. Your participation will guarantee you a copy. And when I say participation, that is toward their Kickstarter page for the project. 
under the headline, Amoeba Presents Newly Discovered Graham Parsons Recordings. As I look right now, as of this recording, here in November, 40000 out of a goal of $50,000 has already been pledged by 364 backers and the project has 58 days left to go. That sounds pretty uh, ideal uh, that this project will actually be realized. And as you know with uh, Kickstarter, it's an all or nothing deal. The project will only be funded if it reaches its goal by the target date, which is January the 16th. And uh, I'm excited about this uh, come to surface. And I took a look at the address. I actually may have walked by a number of times by uh, 4209 Lombard. I um, actually do want to see what's there, and uh, maybe I'll uh, head over there and see um, what's what, if any remains of the old uh, place. I know it's been long closed, I want to say since the 80s. But uh, my goodness, how fun would that be to uh, hear the contents? There was released one song from that concert. It's elsewhere on YouTube. And if you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook, well, there's one page I posted about the project and a YouTube link to the song that was already released. It's just gorgeous. Gorgeous country rock. Let's change gears here. I'll get into some, uh, how about some reggae? Why not? Got music from an artist that I, uh, I only heard about through one of the uh, millions of uh, press clippings that came across my virtual uh, email desk and uh, was curious about uh, this uh, songwriter who has already shared stages with uh, some of the greats like uh, Robbie Williams and Johnny Halliday, Phil Collins and Sting, singing with Kim Wilde on Michael Jackson's legendary Bad Tour, touring the world with Tom Jones, born in Barbados, raised in London, and she had a major hit with a song called Slide on the Rhythm, which was huge on the dance charts on Billboard in the uh, early 1990s. And she even got to the finals of Eurovision in 1996. This song is called I Don't Need You from her new album, What a Ding. This is... Zitia Masaya.
like people say Strange, I never realized A heart could hurt this way I used to watch the phone at night Waiting for your call But I woke up this morning Hardly missing you at all I don't need you Not anymore I don't know
Love this tune, The Fuzz Guitar by the Pink Diamond Review. Checking in from the UK. Website is thepinkdiamondreview.com. Spells that review word R E V U E. November 19th, they're at the Oxford City Festival there in that city. December 3rd, at the Pink Flamingo Club at the Saxe Sports Bar, Southend on Sea. December 9th, playing Hare and Hounds in Birmingham. December 10th, uh, this one uh, just says from, but doesn't give any more details. December 18th, they're in London City at the Blue Posts. Again, more information I think is at their uh, website. Hard rock band from Toronto called Napoleon. We've heard from them before, and again we hear that song, Full Size Problem. NapoleonToronto.com is their website. Their next and last gig for the year is December 8th, right there at their home base, supporting a band called Escape the Fate. And some more detail is at their website. I am very excited to tell you that I'll be attending the show by Soraya on December 10th at Kung Fu Necktie album release event for their new album Bloom 
You heard Secret Medicine from the new album, S-O-R-A-I-A, Soraya.com. Prior to that, they play in Indianapolis for a punk rock night at the Melody Inn. December 10th, an event presented by the Underground Garage, which is created by Steve Van Zandt. That should be an outstanding night of music. I think it's just two artists on the bill. Sarai, and uh, there's an opener for her for that one. And uh, I'll have my camera ready for uh, that show. And I'll probably be attending a show sometime between then and uh, up ahead. Maybe the weekend of Thanksgiving I might attend another one. We'll see. I'm actually getting a new computer very soon, and I'm going to need it because the computer I had bought maybe about five years ago at a national chain pawn shop has finally, I think, bitten the dust. I'm having such trouble getting it to uh, uh, basically, not necessarily work. I mean, it does work, but there is still some space on it left, but the structure has failed to hold. It's kind of like practically separated the monitor from the keyboard uh, stuff. And uh, I handle it well, but you know, when you open and close it a million times, it does some uh, harm, I guess, to the, uh, the infrastructure. And it's gone to the point where I can't reliably plug it in anymore to uh, charge it up. So I'm bidding adieu to it and I'm going to purchase an older computer somewhere maybe about the same age, five, six, seven years old, I guess. Something that supports multiple ports and um, has a good amount of space and is gently used and something that would be uh, good to transfer files with. Uh, camera files because I can't do that unfortunately with this much newer computer. It's um, very limited and has uh, limited file space. Um, maybe I might even be able to uh, make the uh, new slash old computer the uh, standard one, but we'll see because I can't hold uh, too much file space for uh, media on here. So that's uh, a change that's uh, definitely coming soon. Because I know that uh, when, I, when I plug this camera I have, my Minolta, which itself is a few years old, into here, there is actually no real port to support it for um, this Lenovo new computer I've got. The ancient one I have was a Pavilion with uh, uh, Beats beats audio on it which I enjoyed very much and it served me very well but yeah it's time for a new one so my, I'm only concerned that the uh, any media I have on there any of the stuff that I have that I would send to Dropbox from the old computer will make it to the new one but it's that initial uh, plug-in is the deal because I have to be sure I have the USB ports and the headphone ports and the whole thing to make this computer viable for me. We'll see. I'm From the research I've done, it's a decent computer, and I think decent will serve me just fine for the foreseeable future.
Where did I leave off from here? Oh, yeah. Before Soraya. We heard from the Underclass. It's a band from Stoke in the UK. They had a single out called Hometown. They released. And a new song we heard after that called Bad Dreams. A good example of swaggering, uh, brooding indie rock. They've already churned heads across the Midlands and further afield with a run of singles. And they've played some big stages across the country there. And there's some more details about what they're up to if you go to Facebook. Uh, technically, facebook.com slash underclass.stoke, S-T-O-K-E, for uh, some more details about them and what they're up to next. The Scaramanga Six, another band of your with, uh, been around for, what, 15 years or so. A song called Big Ideas, we've heard once again, from their album Worthless Ideas. The Scaramanga Six dot co dot UK. That's the S C A R A M A N G A S I X. December 9th, they play the parish in Huddersfield with the uh, Clamour and Dave Cook on the bill. December 10th at the Puzzle Hall Inn. That is in Sarbury Bridge. And there's some more details at their website. Staying within the UK, we heard from Simon Bromide, Reflections of Seeding, from his album Following the Moon. Proud member of Scratchy Records, we're just celebrating your 25th anniversary, and they do so with a showcase on November 19th at the Old Dispensary in London. Apparently there is some Max coming from far and wide. Easter from uh, Manchester, as he says. And let's see. The lineup is the Volunteered, the Boykies, Gerline, 100% Boy Band. There's a title. Jerry Mitchell, Joe Wilkes, Hank Dog, Spin Master at Plant Pots, No Torches, Easter, Dirty Viv, and then uh, Simon and Ben's headlining that one just after uh, midnight, it says here. And, uh, yeah, some more information at his website, simonbromide.co.uk. Zetia, Messiah. I Don't Need You, from her album, What's a Ting? Good example of uh, some roots reggae from her. She still lives near London, plays regularly to packed houses, and this is a good Roots reggae album that she has here. We heard I Don't Need You. December 20th, and it looks like through the 23rd, performing with Rob Hughes at the Jazz Cafe in London. Website for her is... Uh, let's see, I think it's uh, Z-E-E-T-E-A-H dot com. 